All right. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5. And uh, we are, of course, studying the fruit of the Spirit. As we go through uh, the fruit of the Spirit, this week we're going to look at meekness. And in Galatians chapter number 5 and verse uh, 22, and after, after reading this for all these weeks, I, I hope that you've memorized it, all right? It would be a good thing to go ahead and memorize this verse. It would certainly be helpful. It's not going to hurt you. And uh, we, I remember in Sunday school many, many years ago uh, having memory verses and, and, uh, and doing that. And maybe we should uh, do that for the adult class and say, all right, who, ha- who knows their memory verse? And we'll, we'll have one from each section stand and say their, their memory verse, all right? That wouldn't be too bad. And, uh, and see, see how well we're doing at that. Uh, but uh, the Bible says in Galatians chapter number 5 and verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Verse 23 starts out with meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And uh, as we look at this idea of meekness, uh, before we get into this, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer and then we'll get into the idea of meekness and, and really what it is and what it stands for. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you just for, again, the opportunity, the privilege that we have to study your word, the fact that we can come to church. And God, thank you for the health that we have, that we're able to be here. Thank you for the opportunity, God, that, uh, uh, that we're availed and, and we are not required to work. And we are here, Father, those that are uh, busy working today. God, I, I pray that you would help them and strengthen them. And uh, God, I pray that you would just again... Uh, bless this time and use me and speak through me, Father, and may your word touch each and every heart and each and every listener. And Father, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory uh, for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, meekness, uh, meekness is often portrayed in the world today and often misunderstood, I should say as well, uh, as someone who is weak. Uh, and somebody who is unable really to stand up for themselves or uh, a lot of times if you were to portray somebody like that, they would say, well, that person is meek. Uh, and it is a common misconception and really misunderstanding of what meekness is because that, that is really quite far from the truth of what meekness is. A.W. A. Tozer, uh, he put it this way in, in one of his books, he said, The meek man is not a human mouse afflicted with a sense of his own inferiority. That's kind of how the world often uh, takes meekness. They, they, they kind of portray it as a human mouse uh, with their own inferiority. But he goes on and he says, Rather he may be in his moral life as bold as a lion and as strong as Samson, but he has stopped being fooled about himself. He has accepted God's estimate of his own life. He knows he is as weak and helpless as God has declared him to be, but paradoxically, he knows at the same time that he is in the sight of God of more importance than angels. In himself, nothing. In God, everything. 
That is his motto. And that's a good portrayance of meekness. I like the way he worded that, that, uh, uh, you know, as we look at ourselves, we might see ourselves as uh, weak and helpless without God. Uh, but with God, uh, certainly we can see ourselves as somebody that's of more importance, the Bible says, uh, than the angels. And uh, somebody said once that uh, I seen this illustration, I, I almost need a, uh, a little board up here, a whiteboard to give the illustration. But if you have a zero, what is what is it worth? Well, it's not really worth anything um, unless you put a one in front of it, then it's worth something. Um, and, and really, if God is in front of us, hey, then we're worth something. You put God behind us. You know what you're worth? Zero. Absolutely nothing. And, uh, and there, that's kind of our value. Uh, and with God, we can be something, but without God, we are absolutely nothing. And even when meekness is correctly defined uh, in the world today uh, as maybe mild-tempered or not easily provoked or irritated or gentle, it's often disdained uh, by many of the leaders. Matter of fact, leadership in the world in general disdains uh, and does not like meekness. Political leaders, CEOs, media, and many prominent positions, they do not put a value on meekness. They see it as a weak style of leadership. Uh, and many leadership roles do not value that. However, Jesus and God, uh, they do they do value greatly meekness. Uh, it is a fruit of the Spirit, and we should not be surprised that Jesus possessed it and portrayed it. The Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, when Jesus says in verse 28, it says, Come unto me, all ye that are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And in verse 29, he goes on and he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And so understand that meekness is an attribute and a, a fruit of the Spirit that Jesus exhibited, Jesus possessed, and Jesus displayed and portrayed for all to see. And, uh, and so that's quite an important thing that the world does disdain by and large, but we should not disdain that. We ought to embrace that and we ought to display that just as Jesus did. Now, who was Jesus? Jesus is God. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he was God manifest in the flesh for us. And so as God, he is creator. As God, he is all powerful. As God, he is, uh, he is supreme. As God, he is all knowing and all, uh, all the characteristics that go with God. And you think about this, where was Jesus born? In a meager manger. He was not born in some prominent... You would think, hey, if a king is to be born, and if the most important person in the world is to be born, and if they're to, to display their prominence all over, I mean, they would select the very best place in the world to be born. But Jesus was born in a meager manger. And that, they didn't even have room for. Well, I just got no more room left here, but I tell you what, out back where we keep the animals, you can go out back there. And that's where Jesus was born. Jesus died. Where did he die? Listen, he died on a, on a cruel cross at Calvary. 
He did not die a, a death of a, a king, per se, uh, that would be prominent and that would be, uh, be hailed as somebody that was great, but rather he shed his blood and he gave his life on the cruel cross of Calvary and, and was buried, at, really, the Bible says, in a tomb that was borrowed. It was not even his. That's meekness on display that God, the King of Kings, would be born on this earth in such a meager manner and would die such a cruel, humble death. And yet he did that as an ultimate example of meekness to us. And so we think about this idea of meekness. What is the source of meekness? And I think every week this has been one of the points as we go through these lessons. And, and, it, and it bears repeating, to be honest with you, that the, uh, the fruit in these verses can only be produced by the Holy Spirit in our lives. You read this list, and we've gone over it many times, and we've spent time on it, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And listen, as we go through that list, uh, we are just not physically able to produce the fruit of the Spirit in and of ourselves. Oh, you might have a joyful spurt. Oh, you might be able to exhibit a little bit of love here and there. Uh, you might be able to have a little bit of goodness or a little bit of kindness or a little bit of uh, long-suffering or gentleness or faith. But in reality, to distribute, to, to be able to uh, exhibit these and be able to have these as attributes in your life, it requires that we are plugged in to God and that we are submissive to God in our lives on a regular basis. That's the only way these fruit are going to grow, and that's the only way these fruit are going to uh, be, di be uh, displayed in our life. The other day, my wife was, we were out visiting, and she told me, she came across a, a fella, and, uh, and, and they were out on their porch, so she started talking uh, to her. They both, they were, they were a couple, and she started talking to the lady. And, uh, and the lady turned around and started talking to her husband in a, in a foreign language. And, uh, and so my wife thought, well, she thought she had heard a little bit of Italian, so she started talking to them. And uh, it wasn't Italian that she had heard. It was another Eastern Bloc uh, language. But nonetheless, um, uh, after a little bit, they, they, they were showing them some trees in their yard. And lo and behold, there were fig trees in their yard in Ohio, right here in in. Perry, I guess it might have been. I don't remember exactly where, but uh, fig trees, they don't naturally grow here, in case you're wondering. That's why you don't have any in your yard. Matter of fact, he had them in great big planters, and uh, they had wheels on them. And during the winter months, he'd wheel them into his garage and keep them in his garage all winter long. And then in the summer, he'd bring them back out. Uh, but they actually had figs on them, and they grew. And, uh, and, and he said, if you'd like a fig, grab a fig. And so my wife grabbed a fig and, and got to enjoy a fig while out visiting yesterday. And, and, and uh, the thought of that is this. Listen, the fruit of the Spirit is something that takes a constant work on our part. That fellow had to bring those trees, bring the seeds and plant them. And then he's got to wheel them into his garage every winter. And he's got to care for them. And he's got to take care of them. And he's got to make sure they're watered. But if you do those things and you care for those plants, uh, listen, they produce fruit. And if you take care of your Christian life and if you're constantly uh, weeding it and pulling out the bad and you're constantly watering it with the Word of God and you're constantly uh, being attentive to the, the needs of your spiritual life, listen, the spiritual fruit will grow. 
And it will be on display and it will be exhibited and it will be easy for other people to see. But it comes from God and not from self. We are not physically able to produce these fruit on ourselves and so, or in and of ourselves. So we need to understand that meekness is produced by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, Psalm 25, 9, the meek will he guide in judgment and the meek will he teach his way. Listen, if we're self-willed and we're hard-headed and we're stubborn, and sometimes we are. I mean, just to own up to it, I mean, we are, we can be, every one of us can be hard-headed, every one of us can be stubborn, and every one of us can be told what is right, and we're like, well, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to do what I want to do, because we're self-willed and we're hard-headed sometimes. And listen, if we're hard-headed and self-willed, listen, we won't be guided by the judgments of God. We have to learn to submit ourselves to God's Word and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will bring to mind the things that are written in the Word of God. We've got to be reading the Word of God. We've got to be understanding the Word of God. And we've got to be submitted to the Holy Spirit in our life. I read this story and it's kind of cute. Just listen to it the whole way through. Uh, Two wives were mending their husband's pants while they waited for their laundry at the laundromat. And one wife said, my husband is so miserable. Nothing goes right at work. He can't find anything good on television. Our home is a place of despair and despondency. When we go to church, the song leader is terrible and the pastor is an idiot. Uh, I didn't write it. I'm just reading it. The other wife said, my husband is so excited. He can't wait to go to church. He loves the sermons. We laugh all the time and enjoy our family. It got very quiet in the laundry room as the woman uh, continued sewing the pants. One observer noticed that one lady was patching the seat of the pants. The other was patching the knees of the pants. And so true that the more that we give to God and the more that we'll spend time on our knees with God and the more that we will walk with God, hey, the more joyful your life will be. But if we're self-willed and if we're stubborn and if we're not going to walk with the Lord, then listen, um, hey, you can expect hardship. You can expect the difficulties of life. You can expect all of those other things because the Bible is very clear that, that meekness is something that is produced by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Psalm twenty two twenty six, the meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek Him. Your heart shall live forever. Contentment and satisfaction go hand in hand with meekness and just being content with the provision that God has given you and accepting what God has uh, allowed you to have. And, and listen, I remember when we went to Peru and I didn't like rice at all. I mean, that's kind of weird because my last name is Rice, but I, I, I just didn't like rice. I, I, I find it, uh, not that it tastes bad, it's just kind of bland and I just don't care for, I didn't, never cared for rice. We went to Peru, and in Peru, if you're not aware, they eat rice with every single meal. Every single meal. Matter of fact, one time, uh, the American missionary there was, uh, said, oh, I know what we'll do. Let's have, let's have lasagna. I mean, that way it'd be something different, and we'll serve it to the, uh, some guests that they were having over. And, and, uh, and so they wanted to kind of get, treat them to another, another type of meal. And, and so they served them lasagna, and, and, uh, and the Peruvian that was there, he, he's kind of, 
he's looking around and, and, uh, and they were like, well, what, what's the matter? And he says, where's the rice? You don't eat rice with lasagna. Oh, we got we to gotta have rice. We eat rice with everything. And so uh, they actually had to make up some rice and, and serve him some rice beside his lasagna. I mean, that's just, they eat rice with everything. And, and, uh, and you know what? After years of eating rice, you know what? I learned to, to like rice. And uh, now I actually, I'm like, man, I, I could go for some rice. I haven't had rice in a while. And, uh, and you know, just being satisfied with what God gives you. It's something that we should learn, and meekness is produced by the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives, and so we certainly need meekness. And then meekness is also praised by Jesus. As we see the source of meekness, it's praised by Jesus. Uh, the, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the meek. I was reading a little bit about the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, one of the commentators said, said uh, listen, the, the Sermon on the Mount, if you were to invert it, um, listen, that's what we have in society today. In other words, it says, blessed are the meek. Our society is not full of meek people. Matter of fact, the opposite of meek uh, is pride. And, and the opposite of meek is uh, exerting their power and their dominance over other people. And so uh, that is kind of what we have in society today. Uh, and if you were to take the Sermon on the, on the Mount and go in the opposite of what it is saying is good, listen, you look around, that's what society generally is full of. But Jesus praised the meek. And he said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The world will tell you, well, the strong, dominant leaders, they will take over the earth. But Jesus said, hey, that the meek people shall inherit the earth. And listen, we understand that it is praised by God. When you get saved and when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, the Holy Spirit moves into your life and He will help bring meekness about in your life. And he will cause you to be meek. Uh, the Bible says in Isaiah 29, 19, The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among them shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. And listen, meekness... Uh, will certainly bring joy in our life. And it is the Holy Spirit that brings that meekness. It is the Holy Spirit that brings that joy. And so the Holy Spirit must bring about these fruit in our life. And, uh, and we must be uh, dependent on Him for these things. Not only can we see the source of meekness, I want you to see the servant, service of meekness. Uh, the Christian life ought to be one that displays meekness. There's no doubt about that. Every Christian who has the Spirit of God uh, ought to display these fruit of the Spirit if we're walking with the Spirit. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 2, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. And he's talking to Christians. That in lowliness and meekness uh, with long-suffering, that would be patience, that we would forbear one another in love. In other words, that, hey, we would love one another, and in our meek state, that we would accept other people. Uh, and that's certainly important in the Christian life and in the Christian realm. We ought to have uh, that fruit of the Spirit. There's at least three areas. I'm sure there's more that we could look at, but there's at least three areas of meekness uh, that can be put to good use and should be uh, in our life. The very first one that we, can, we see in the service of meekness is in proper response to difficulty. Go with me to Titus chapter 3. 
Titus chapter 3, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Then we have all the T's there, uh, Thessalonians, Timothy, and Titus. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 2. We'll go with verse number 1. We'll take the whole context here. The Bible says in Titus 3.1, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. And he goes on in verse 2, To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. And he's talking here to Christians and he's saying, listen, that we ought to be subject to principalities and, and to uh, the, the leaders that are out there and uh, that we should be ready to do every good work and to speak evil of no man. It seems like uh, the, the, that part right there is something that is so commonplace today. I mean, people are, are so quick to tear down other people. Uh, one of the things that, that uh, bothers my, my kids at work, uh, where they, in the different places that they work, is that uh, one coworker will walk out and the, the door will no more close behind them and they'll be like, that person does this and this and this, and they just start to, to tear down the other person. It's like... It's like, could you not even, uh, it didn't even need to be said. Why, why do people feel such a need to tear down other people? Oftentimes, they're just trying to build themselves up. They're trying to make themselves look better. And all the negatives that they'll say about somebody else are simply so that they can say, well, I do this right and I do that right. And it's really from a heart of pride and arrogance and, and look that I'm better than that person. And, and really, if you're tearing the other person down, you aren't better than that person. Matter of fact, you're worse than that person. Because the Bible's clear that we are not to uh, speak evil of other people. And, and how frequent and how commonplace it is that people would use their tongue to tear down other people and to speak evil of them. Let me tell you something, that speaking evil of other people is the opposite of meekness. And that's what this verse is kind of illustrating. It says, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. And listen, sometimes uh, people are, are um, cruel to you. Sometimes people will tear you down and sometimes people will... Uh, will uh, Try and destroy your testimony or your, your life. And how we respond to that oftentimes is important. Listen, if we allow our flesh, and I've said this many times, even in goodness and even in uh, the, the gentleness and the other, some of the other fruits of the Spirit, uh, if we respond the way we want to, listen, uh, many times we'll be ready to double our fists and, hey, uh, give out what's, what we've been given and, and to dish out what's been dished to us. And listen, that's not what God would have us to do. Matter of fact, the Bible says here to speak evil of no man and to be no brawlers. And what's a brawler? A brawler is simply a fighter, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. That's not an easy thing to do. Uh, I think that it takes more, more character and more strength uh, to be meek than it does just to allow uh, yourself to react in the flesh and, uh, and allow God to control your life. 
And so reacting in difficulty when somebody would uh, desire to do evil to you or to speak evil of you, uh, it, it's, not, it's not easy uh, to, to just hold your tongue and not, not go after whoever has done those things, but yet it is a quality of meekness. And it's a good way to display. It's how meekness can actually help us in our life, in this world. In the Bible, 1 Timothy 6.11, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. And uh, it's not easy, but we ought to uh, forget those things and we ought to follow after God and allow Him to have control in our life. So in, in times of difficulty, uh, we can certainly display meekness. Uh, how about a proper response in marriage? Go with me to 1 Peter chapter number 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. And he gives us a good illustration of meekness being displayed in, a, in, in the home and in marriage. 1 Peter chapter number 3. And verse number 1. Now he's teaching on the home here and he says this, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. So what he's saying here is if you're married to somebody that is not saved or somebody who has not obeyed the word of God, uh, they can be turned around by your obedience, spouse's obedience uh, to God and being in subjection to their husbands and to God. The Bible goes on in verse 2, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of the plating of hair and of the wearing of gold or the putting on of apparel. In verse number 4, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God, of great price. And what he's saying is, listen, your, uh, the way you carry yourself is of greater importance than the way you would adorn yourself. That's what he's saying. Uh, he's saying, listen, it's not the outward adorning of the plating of hair or uh, the putting on of, of gold and, and necklaces and jewelry and uh, the clothing that you would wear. He's saying, listen, the most important thing would be what's on the inside and that you would have that meek and quiet spirit uh, that, that God would require. And you know what that is? Uh, meek is responding calmly to harsh words. Uh, responding calmly to harsh words. In other words, sometimes, hey, you know, I'm married too, and I'm human just like you are. And you know what? Sometimes uh, we get in a spat. It happens. Oh, yeah, because we're people. And you know what? Uh, people will, will, will be sometimes hard-headed, like I said, self-willed. Uh, and sometimes things like that happen. And you know what? Uh, it's hard to argue with somebody when they won't argue back. It's hard to argue. It takes two to argue. Isn't that what you told your children? That's what I told my children. It takes two to argue. And if so, one's not arguing, then there's no argument. 
Um, the other may say things, and if you just bite your tongue and you hold out and you don't respond and, and, and listen, things will calm down and things will settle down. That is meekness in action. And listen, in our homes, it's important to have meekness. And listen, uh, in our homes, there's, there's, uh, you're so close so many times that, listen, it's easy sometimes to get on each other's nerves. Uh, it's easier to, uh, to bother somebody. And, and the kids, as they live in dorms, uh, they find out, listen, at, at home, you, you love each other. But when you're in dorms and you're with people that you don't know and, and uh, people that, that uh, are not your family, uh, they get on your nerves too. And meekness plays a, an important part of, of living, especially in our homes more so, because that's the more normal circumstance that we would find ourselves under, that every day that we could display that meekness. And what he's saying is that that ought to be displayed at home as well. And that's what he's saying, that, uh, uh, that the husband, if, if he's not saved and the wife is saved, that the husband could be won by the meekness that is displayed by the wife. What an important characteristic in marriages and in homes. What an important thing uh, to, to remember in our houses. And the Bible says this in Proverbs 15.1, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. What a good thing to remember that soft words, soft answer turneth away wrath. That is meekness in home. And so in difficulty when people want to attack us and in marriage and in homes when, uh, when we live uh, close, in close proximity with one another, how important it is to remember meekness. Look with me in, in 1 Peter, same chapter here, verse number, chapter number 3, verse number 15. And he goes on and he says, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. He's talking about being uh, soul winning and, uh, and, and a response to witnessing. So we have in difficult circumstances and then in our home, but then also in, in soul winning. Listen, uh, I believe in, in preaching. I believe in firm preaching and I believe in uh, being, being strong preaching and, and uh, I believe that's important. Uh, but listen, soul winning is a little bit different thing. Uh, we're not out there uh, to argue with people and to try and uh, convince them and bash their head uh, with, with the Bible and say, well, then that's dumb and this is the reason you're wrong. Listen, you might win an argument, but you won't win a soul. And so we need to have, uh, we need to be ready to give an answer, but we ought to we ought to have meekness. We ought to have uh, a little bit of grace that is within us that when we go soul winning, that when we do talk to other people, when we are able to witness to people that, listen, they could understand, they could see and, and say, you know what, uh, this person is meek and he's not out just to win a point. He's out to uh, display the love of God in his life. And how important that would be for us that we could, we could witness to other people and that they could see uh, our meek and quiet spirit, even in soul winning. That doesn't mean that we wouldn't say anything. We should say something. We can say something. But it is the way that you say it. It is the way that you go about it. It is the way that you display it. Uh, there's a song that, um, that's on one of the kids' tracks that we used to listen to a lot when our kids were young. And, uh, and it says, the tone of your voice makes a difference. 
And that's so true. The way we say things many times, sometimes it comes across very harsh and, and sometimes we got to be very careful about the way we say things. So meekness can be displayed in, in soul winning. It can be displayed in the home. It ought to be displayed in difficult circumstances. And those are some areas that, the, uh, that meekness would really, uh, that's where the rubber meets the road. And that's where it can be really put to use in our life. Go with me to one other passage, Matthew chapter number 11. And I want us to see the significance of, of meekness. Matthew chapter number 11 And verse number, we'll start with verse number 28. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Jesus is speaking and he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He goes on in verse number 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen, meekness reveals Christ in you. Jesus issues an invitation to come unto him in verse number 28. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he goes on in 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek. Listen, if we walk with Jesus, he'll give us the strength that we need to be meek in our life. If we'll hold hands with Jesus and walk with Him on a regular basis, listen, He'll help us to have that meekness in our life. Uh, it will not come about naturally. It will not come about uh, just easily. Uh, but it will come about if we'll walk with the Lord and ask Him to help us to display that meekness in our life and to have it uh, on display. And not only that, but the meekness also displays the Word of God in our life. Look at, uh, you don't have to turn here, but in James chapter 1 and verse 21 and 22, you'll know the passage as soon as I read it. James 1, 21 and 22 says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Listen, meekness not only reflects Christ in us, but it reflects the Word of God in us. Listen, this Word uh, ought to be in us if we'll read the Word, and, and, and not only just read the Word, as it says in verse 22, be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only. In other words, that we would take the Word of God as we hear it on Sunday and we would take it with us on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And listen, if all you ever get from the Word of God is on Sunday, listen, you need to, you need to open the Word of God on Monday and read it for yourself. You need to open it on Tuesday and get more meekness on Tuesday for yourself. Uh, it is a well that will never run dry and you can go to it every day of the week and draw from the well of the Word of God and put it in your life and put it in practice on a regular basis because it will never run dry and it will reflect meekness if you'll do that. So we need to live the Word of life, the Word of God out in our life on a regular basis and that will display meekness to those that are around us. 
And listen, God will help you. You recognize, I recognize my, my fallacies. I recognize my shortcomings. I recognize my inabilities. And you know what I ask God? I say, God, help me to be meek. Help me to be uh, these other fruit of the Spirit, faithful, long-suffering, uh, love, joy, peace, um, all these things that, that are the fruit of the Spirit and help me to display them in our life. And if you'll ask God to do that and if you'll read the Word of God and you'll spend time with Him, listen, it'll happen. It'll come with time. It won't be overnight. I mean, uh, fruit doesn't grow overnight. But, uh, but listen, if you get out of the Word of God and you get away from God, then you can expect that fruit to dry up. You can expect that fruit to go away. You can expect that fruit to be uh, shriveled and, and not very uh, pleasant and not very uh, good to, to be on display. But if you keep watering it with the Word of God, if you keep working at it in your life, spiritually walking with God, hey, listen, you'll have fruit that will honor and glorify God in your life. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the fruit of the Spirit and God that you would speak in our hearts and in our lives and you would speak through us really if we'll submit to you. God, we know that you're the source of all the fruit of the Spirit in our life and help us to walk with you and help us to follow you. Help us to submit to you. And God, as we See this, help us to realize and help us to be meek in our lives and how important it is. And Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, if God spoke into your heart, meekness should be a part of our life. And it comes from the Spirit of God, walking with God.